Before we get started today, I wanted to give everyone a quick update on how things are going here at the ministry. Unfortunately, this episode is coming out a little late because we've had some pretty major things happen lately. Um, In January, both my wife and my son were sick from COVID, so I spent a lot of time taking care of them. Um, Back in February, all three of us had various sicknesses and illnesses that kept us from functioning very well including a couple of trips to the hospital. Um, Earlier in March, we found out that my grandfather was diagnosed with cancer and will be undergoing surgery and treatment soon. And these are the reasons that there's been a huge gap in getting out a new podcast episode. However, it has not been all bad. If you remember a couple months ago, I mentioned at the end of an episode that there will be some writing projects in the works. Well, I've managed to complete two of those projects, the details for which will be released as soon as I am able to release them. Uh, One of those projects will be released in conjunction with the book I am working on now because they are complementary to one another. Um, The other project will be released as soon as I'm able to get the artwork done for the cover and find some place to have it published. Just almost ready to have that one done. Um... I know that when they are released, all three of these will be greatly beneficial to anyone who reads them and applies what is discussed on the pages to their lives. So, all that being said, thank you all for not giving up on me and for keeping my family and me in your prayers. Now, let us move on to today's study. Hello, and welcome to Ancient Words the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. My name is Jerry Crow, and I will be your teacher as we study the Word of God together. And now, today's lesson. Today we're going to look at some of the most well-known words on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. In our verses today, Jesus talks about prayer. First, he discusses our motivation when it comes to prayer. Then he gives us guidance in how we should pray. Both of these subjects are vitally important to us as believers, and we should take the words of Jesus seriously. If you've been following along in our study on this first sermon Jesus gives to us in Matthew, then you know that we've been talking about a lot about what is in our hearts. Our last two studies together have been about the heart and our motivation for doing certain things. Uh, We went through the portion known as the Beatitudes and discussed how they are a picture of the life of the believer, as well as your motivation and your heart. We talked about how believers are to be salt and light in the world around us and the impact that salt and light have on a world that is corrupt and dark. We've also talked about Jesus and his relationship to the law and also how we as believers should interact with the law now that we are on this side of the cross of Christ. Now today we are going to talk about prayer and how the believer can rightly enter into the presence of God the Father through prayer and know that those prayers are heard. So buckle up, grab your Bible and a notebook if you're able to do so. And let us begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for your word, the inerrant, infallible word that you gave to us. Help us to understand your word today. We ask this in 
the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So let's start with Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. We're going to go through verse 15. And Jesus says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father, who is in the secret place. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Jesus gives both instructions for your heart attitude and our manner of delivery when it comes to prayer in these verses. He starts out this way. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Right off the bat, Jesus is telling us that we should not be like some people. This tells us that he is about to tell us something very important about these people. And that we need to pay very close attention to what he says about them so that we can not be like them. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. What is it that these people do that makes it wrong? Is it wrong to pray in the synagogues or on the street corners? Absolutely not. What is wrong is that they pray in these places so that other people might see them. It is a sad day when people go into public places to pray just to be seen by others, but it happens all the time, even today. Jesus tells us that people who pray like that have their reward. In other words, the things... They have been wanting the recognition from other people, others looking at them, talking about them. They have it because of where they go to pray. And then he says, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Jesus tells us that when we pray, we should do it so privately 
not out in the open where others can see us and talk about how we are praying, but so that only God will know that we are praying. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with praying out in public. But if you're praying out in public just to be seen by others, stop it right now. Don't do it anymore. That's what Jesus is saying here. Don't pray out in public just to be seen by others. You're not, your prayers are not going to be answered that way. If you want your prayers to be answered, go into that secret place. Go into your secret room where only you and the Father know what's being said. See, I have a few times that I love to pray during the day. When I wake up, no one else is awake yet. When I'm driving to work, when I'm driving home from work, I have not a long commute, but I have a pretty fair commute going to work. But I take that time to pray. See, all of those times when there's no one else around, I have about 15 to 20 minutes alone, just God and me. I pour out my heart to him. And then Jesus says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. If you look throughout the scriptures at other prayers that we have as examples, there are no prayers that have repetitive words. The closest you will find are the repeating lines of the songs, but they are not all prayers. They are to be used as songs and can be used as prayers. But none of the prayers of Moses, Abraham, David, Jesus, Paul, or anyone else in Scripture have repetitive words. Why? Because those men knew that a prayer did not have to be repetitive in order to be effective. So many times when I go to churches, I hear people pray and they either stumble over their words or they just continually repeat the same words over and over again. Both of those scenarios are the exact opposite of what Jesus is saying in these verses. Look at what he says in verse 8. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. He says, do not be like them. In other words, have some idea what you are going to pray for and just spit it out. The father already knows what you are going to pray about before you ever open your mouth. So just open your mouth and let it out. I'm not saying that you have to write out your prayers, but I think it is a good idea to have some kind of a plan. Maybe a list of requests, an outline, or if necessary, a written prayer before you go to pray. I know of pastors who have been in their churches for many years and they always take a list of the requests with them into their Sunday morning prayer during the church service. I know many people who keep prayer journals where they write their prayers out and then go back and write out the answer that God gives to them. What I'm trying to say is that prayer is such an important part of our spiritual lives that we should not take it for granted that Jesus takes so much time here to teach about it. I've seen too many people 
take what we are about to study and turn it into something that Jesus never intended it to be, and I think that grieves the Spirit of God greatly. Verse 9, he says, In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. First, we must recognize to whom we are praying. We are not praying directly to Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Rather, we are praying directly to the Father, the supreme deity, the creator, the chief architect of the universe, the one who designed the earth with such precision that if any specifications were off, this planet would be uninhabitable. We are praying to the first person of the Trinity who resides in heaven yet is also omnipresent. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He knows the number of hairs on your head, and he answers your prayers. Second, Jesus says, hallowed be your name. The word hallowed comes from a root word that means to make holy or to consecrate. In other words, we are to make the name of the Lord holy in our lives. If the name of the Lord is not holy to us, then it will be impossible for us to take him seriously. Especially when he says things like, be holy as I am holy. If we do not understand the holiness of God, then we cannot fully understand God because it is out of his holiness that all of his other attributes flow. Verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus then says, your kingdom come. One of the most highly debated topics in the history of the church is the topic of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Where does it come from? How were we to understand the kingdom of God in the scripture? Honestly, I wish I had a simple answer for all of us to go with, but I don't. All I can give you is this. The Greek word here means rule. The rule of God. From that I can gather that Jesus is wanting his people to pray that the Father would rule here on the earth. Or perhaps in the hearts of his people. I tend to go for the in the hearts of his people definition myself. Because Jesus himself will be the one coming back to rule on the earth in the book of Revelation. That is getting way ahead of ourselves. He also says, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus wants us to pray that the will of the Father would be done everywhere. Even Jesus had to submit to the will of the Father. Remember when he was in the garden before he was betrayed? What was his prayer? If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus had to lay aside his will and take up the will of the Father. If Jesus had to lay aside his will, how much more do we need to lay aside our wills and desires 
and submit to and take up the will of the Father. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Here we are reminded that the Father will provide everything we need for each day. Remember how the Lord sustained the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years? For six days he would provide manna for the day, enough for two days on the sixth day. But they were never to hold any over to the next day. It was only on the sixth day when they were to hold over enough to make it through the Sabbath day that they were allowed to keep any to the next day. And if they tried to keep any manna on any other day, the next day it would be rotted and full of worms. That is the kind of trust the Father wants us to have in Him. This day, our daily bread. And then verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I think it is interesting that Matthew uses the words debts and debtors in this verse. The definition of a debt is something that is owed to someone. What is a debtor? The definition of a debtor is someone who owes a debt to someone. What is the debt that we owe to the Father? Have you ever really thought about that in the light of this prayer? What is the debt that you owe to Father God? Well, before you were saved, it was the payment for your sins. You see, before Jesus paid the price for your sins, you owed more than you could ever pay. In fact, Scripture says that payment for sin is death. And that we have all sinned. Therefore we all owe the payment of death. However. Jesus paid that payment on the cross. For those who would believe. So when he said forgive us our debts. He's really saying forgive us our sins. And do not hold them. Against us any longer. And why is it necessary to forgive our debtors? But for the answer to that, we have to skip ahead just a couple of verses. Verses 14 and 15. I know this will take them out of order, but that's okay. See, verses 14 and 15 say this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So this is pretty straightforward, so I'll be brief. If you change the word trespasses to the word sin, you have exactly what Jesus is trying to portray in this portion of prayer. Let that sink in for just a minute. If you forgive men their sins against you, then your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins against you, then neither will your Father forgive your sins. Think about that for a little while. Now let's go back to verse 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Temptation here means to put to proof or to put to the test. In other words, Jesus tells us to pray that the Father does not put us to the test to prove our faith, rather that he will deliver us from the evil one. Remember that we are praying to the Father and that we are once again going to pray about the kingdom. We prayed for the kingdom at the beginning of this prayer, and now here at the end of the prayer. The power. Father is all-powerful, and there is none that compares to him. The glory. We give the Father glory at all times when we are doing the things that he has planned and wills for us to do. Forever. The Father has no beginning, and he has no end. He is eternal. Now that we have looked at the individual parts of the prayer, let us look at the prayer as a whole. Remember what Jesus said and more importantly what he did not say. He said, in this manner, therefore, pray. Here's what he did not say, then we'll get into what he, how we can apply this prayer to our, to our lives today. He did not say, take this prayer and pray it all the time. Okay? He did not say, pray this prayer when you feel like it. Right? He did not say, pray this prayer at any time. What he did say was, pray in this manner. In other words, this is a model for us to take to learn how to pray, not a prayer to be repeated. In fact, repeating this prayer is in violation of the words that Jesus had just finished saying in verse 7 about vain repetitions. We are to take the elements of this prayer and apply them to our prayer lives so that we can learn how to pray effectively, but we are not to take this prayer and repeat it over and over as some churches teach really do hope that this helps you as you learn how to pray more effectively. If I had more time, there are a lot more verses I could pull together on the subject of prayer and do a really in-depth look at this subject. That might be another writing project that I'll look into. It's not right now. I've got two other ones going. But for what we're doing right now, my prayer is that this is helpful for you. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you once again for your word and for your love that you have poured out upon us. We ask that we become more effective in our prayer lives and that you would hear our voice. We thank you for forgiving us and bringing us into your kingdom. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Before you go, I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. Each one of these studies is enjoyable for me to do, and I pray they are a blessing for you to, as you listen and study along with me. Please follow us on social media. 
You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Jerry Crow Ministries or going directly to at Crow Ministries. That's C-R-O-W-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S on those social media outlets. You can still check out our website at jerrycrowministries.com where we have resources including our blog and a page where you can donate to the ministry securely through PayPal. Any money given through that donate page will go directly to offset the cost of the podcast and the website and to help us further the work of the ministry. Thank you all and may God bless you. Thank you for listening to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. We hope that you are encouraged by the Word of God. Remember to take a moment and look up today's scriptures and dig into the Word for yourself. For more information about Jerry Crow Ministries, please go to www.jerrycrowministries.com. There you can find information about the ministry, contact information, and catch up on some of our latest writings. Tune in next time for more biblical understanding. May God bless you and keep you in our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit.